This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now. Welcome to the Krishnadas Pilgrim Heart Hour. This podcast is a manifestation of our interconnected lives, and we wish to keep it free at all costs, if you can say that. So, we are dependent on the generosity of you, our listeners. So, please go to mindpodnetwork.com slash kd, and either use the donate button, or just bookmark the Amazon portal. We receive a small percentage of however much you pay for whatever you bought. Nothing extra for you, but a tangible contribution, if small, for us. You could also sign up for a free trial with the voluminous audible.com. We get something out of that, too. We thank you for the support and allowing us to continue presenting Krishnadas's excellent talks. I'm David Silver from MPN. The title of this Krishnadas Pilgrim Heart episode is Equanimity, God, Chanting, and Love. Wow, it's all in there. We particularly like this, uh, this talk because it's not so much a talk as a question and answer session. Katie's great when he's answering questions because he's, you know, so completely unpretentious. You get what's really in his heart and not stale thought forms or repetitions of something or even repetitions of something he said at some point. This session here is is very exemplary of that, because I mean, for instance, someone asked him, "How would you summarize the energy of Shiva Shanti during chanting?" And his answer simply is, "I, I don't think about these things." And more, which you'll hear uh, when when someone says to him, "How do you know God is real?" He says, "There is real unconditional love in the world, and if that's not God, then I don't give up." You know. And more to that too. So you'll really enjoy this one because you're getting KD essence and it's it's light but profound always. The way Krishnadas answers the questions in this episode are not that different from the way one would have a conversation with him. I've had many. And I don't remember, and I've known him for decades, I don't remember KD ever being pompous or didactic or talking about things that he actually didn't know, which means that sometimes he will say, I don't know. Uh, the people who were there to ask questions quickly find out that he's looking at them and talking to them as if they were his friends. And he'll say the same truth to them that he might have said to me a, a number of times in the past about whatever. So 
it's really kind of rare uh, to get a spiritual teacher, which Katie obviously is, to unveil himself, get away from the cant, and to simply give answers that are true. In and of itself, that is uh, a teaching. The details uh, are, are cream in the coffee. A great example of Katie's straightforward, you know, design of speaking, if you like, is uh, you'll you'll hear in this in this in this episode. Someone asked him, "Will you see your guru and other loved ones when you die?" Check out his answer to that question. It's so it's so quickly clear. It helps. Uh, yeah, look out for that question and that answer. Okay, here's KD answering questions. Hi. Hi. Um, this might come, not come out perfectly clearly. It's okay. I wouldn't understand anyhow. Sweet. So, when we go internally and find that one self, which is the self that we all are, that love that's there that we all technically are, from that point... Where does one find a place to have preferences either for towards specific people or even towards specific experiences? Like, I mean, in my mind, it's like the taste of anything is, is, a, is a, in a peek into the essence of the divine. So then really any taste is just as delicious as another or any experience is just as sacred as any other. Mm -hmm. So how does you... Well, are, yeah. Yeah. Uh... It's not such an easy question to answer, but there's two ways to go about it. Uh, there's the tantric path, which is what you last mentioned, which is every taste, every experience, you train yourself to see that as a manifestation of the divine. Uh, but that also includes negative things. So that's not fun. Because we have, you know, there's this, in the, the third Chinese patriarch wrote, the great way is not difficult for those with no preferences. So we're disqualified. <laughs> so, but what we're talking about here is something, is something a little different. Um, first of all, when, uh, you don't become the one that we all are. Not you. The one that we all are is already within you as your true self. It isn't me. You could say it's closer to I. But I doesn't have any preferences. I is pure awareness. Once you reach that point of equanimity, everything that comes towards you and through you and by you, you treat the same. And yet if you have you can also you also honor your karmic situation. If you have a family, if you have people around you that you take care of them. Just because you realize the oneness doesn't mean you can't stop at the red and go on the green. You don't lose anything by you gain the whole universe. But you can you also appreciate the rules of each particular world that you live in. You don't it you don't it doesn't deny anything. It includes it all. But um I think you should worry about that after you realize the self. <laughs> then come back, we'll talk some more. 
my question is, is how, how would you summarize it in your words, um, the, the energy with uh, uh, Shiva and, and Shanti energy during chanting, how, in, your, in your words? Om Namah Shivaya. I don't know. See, those, I don't ever think about those things. I, I, don't know, I don't know who Shiva is. I don't know who Shakti is. I don't know anything about any of that stuff. I just sing. And maybe things come through when I'm singing. But I'm singing. They can come, they can go. I'm not concerned with knowing anything. I'm concerned with being in that loving presence all the time. That's the only thing. And so in order to remain in that loving here and now, in that loving presence, uh, I don't cling to those kinds of experiences. I try not to, because then they'll just take me out of that. You know? Um, all these deities, all these beings, all these great beings, all these real, true, realized beings, whether they're Shiva, Shakti, Buddha, gurus, Jesus, we're seeing them through our very, very small, limited vision. We don't know who they are. We don't know what their reality is. It's impossible. It's like asking uh, a frog that's, that's born and spent its whole life in a little pail to describe the whole sky. All it ever sees is just that little bit up there. So that kind of stuff, it's irrelevant as far as I'm concerned in terms of right now, how to get through the day. You know, it's nice stuff to read. I enjoy that, those stories. And you should read the Shiva Purana and you should read the, the, the Devi uh, Mahatmyam. It's amazing stuff. It's great stories. The Devi Bhagavatam, all that stuff. Um, so should I, for Christ's sake. I should be. <laughs> but I'm too busy singing, so what can I tell you? Uh, you know, I wish I knew that stuff because uh, it's nice, but I don't know anything. I'd rather be Shiva than think about him, by the way. One question I did have was one of my favorite songs is an English song that you sang. And, the, and the, I think it, the, the quote that I'm trying to remember is, um, one thing I know, and I know for sure, my God is real. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm God wondering, how do you know God is real? And was it the Maharaji's love? And what, was what? Was, was Maharaji's love and the presence of him giving yeah. you that experience so that you know for sure that God is real? Well, I'll tell you, I know one thing. There is real, unconditional love available in the world. And if that's not God, I don't give a fuck. I don't want to know. <laughs> all right, that's it. That's all I want. And I, I know that that's real. I, I, I've tasted that. I've been blessed with just that much. And that's about all I know, by the way. I don't know anything about Shiva, Shakti, or anything else. But I know that what I felt with Maharaji transcended everything that I could have ever imagined. It was more, it was beyond anything I could imagine in terms of what real love is, you know. And... Uh, I mean, it wasn't like it happened two days ago. It was in 1970, for Christ's sake, I was with him. That's a few years ago. And yet, it's right here, right now, you know? I feel it. He's, that presence is right here, whether you call it Maharaji or you call it uh, Frank. 
It doesn't matter what you call it. That love is here. It's always here. And as soon as we stop thinking ourselves into a pit over and over again, we begin to feel that. And uh, that much I can tell you. I can't tell you much else. That much I can tell you. Same to you, buddy. Hey, how you doing? Okay. So I uh, just found out about you probably about three months ago. I was uh, learning how to meditate and going through a great experience with some friends down in Miami. And during the process, they put on your song. Mm-hmm. And everybody was sort of interconnected, and, and uh, it kind of blew everybody away. But to me, I was sitting outside overlooking Miami, a beautiful place. And uh, they put on the song Samadhi Sitaram. Mm-hmm. And you know, he said, you know, this is a 5,000-year chant, is what they said to me. I mean, I don't know if it's true or not. But, uh, but you know, he puts it on to sit back and breathe and listen. Mm-hmm. One of the most powerful experiences of my life was mm-hmm. literally feeling connected to those people. Um, I just want to hear a little bit more of the history behind that because, you know, I, I listen to it almost every day now. It's sort of a cool. main focus for me in meditation and getting there, and I just want to know the story. Um, Thanks. There's no particular story uh, about that particular chant. But all these chants are simply and uh, gracefully Maharaji's love flowing to us. There's simply uh, a vessel that his love comes to us, that that love comes to us. It's his blessings that I'm here. And it's, uh, and this is what it is. I don't have anything much of my own other than to offer this, which I offer to myself because I need it. And in that process, everybody gets something. So it's all his blessings. And you should read more about him. You know, I'm not selling him to you. Believe me, you can't buy him. He's dead. (laughs) Supposedly. But you could read about him. He's available. His presence is right here all the time. And he's the real thing. So... That there's no doubt about as far as I'm concerned. So if you're attracted to this, if you feel something nice and you want to know where it comes from, it comes from that. So read about him and expose yourself to spirituality. <laughs> Thank you. Over there, they always get everything over there. Okay. Hey. Hi. Do you create your own melodies or these traditional melodies that you're using? I don't know. Um, (laughs) You know, you ask me to think about this shit, I'll think about it, but I don't usually think about it. (laughs) I just do it. Um, uh, You know, uh, Namashivaya, which is my big hit. Uh, somebody told me, like, some years later that it reminded them of that song of Because the Night. And so I listened to the song. Exactly the same. <laughs> what are you going to do? But I didn't do that on purpose. Uh, it just kind of happened. It's just, I'm always, you know, I'm, I've been so open to music my whole life. I just always absorb it. It moves me so much that it just comes through and just, it grabs onto a mantra and then just becomes something. I don't know, you know, I, I don't really think much about it. However, Namashivaya 
my Indian father, Mr. Tiwari, had died just before that. And I really felt, he was a devotee of Shiva, he, but don't even start me talking, but he, he was an incredible yogi. And I always thought that he dropped that, that on me from up there, that song, at that time. I just, uh, you know, there's a, there's a kind of an emotional body that grew up on Long Island, around New York, that heard all kinds of music, you know. And so when the impulse comes through, it doesn't come out like Indian music because this, this body has very little to do with Indian music. But it has a lot to do with growing up with Western chord changes and the emotional reality of those chord changes and feelings, you know. So it just comes out that way more Western than Eastern, more North Shore, Long Island than South Shore. <laughs> you know, you can kind of like... I, I sing what I like. You know, it's weird. I actually like what I sing. This, I sing what I like. And I'm glad you all like it. But I'd be singing the same thing anyway. I'm not singing this to please you. I don't think about, well, what if I sing it this way? Will people... That would be, that would be uh, very self-defeating because then it's not about the practice anymore. It's about getting a response from the supposed outside world, which is not what I'm interested in. I, I appreciate it, though, that everybody, that those people respond that way and, and people feel this. But that's, that's Maharaji's blessings, you know. I'm just, I've, I see myself as a rusty old pipe that he picks up and he plays beautiful music and then he throws it down till the next time he's ready to play. What does a pipe know about music? What does a rusty old pipe know about music? But in the hands of somebody who knows, it's good for something. So that's about it, you know. Maybe not so rusty. Pretty rusty. Do you believe that you will see your guru or other loved ones when you die? Um, if I don't see him now, I'm not going to see him then. Love doesn't die. Love is here all the time. People... Bodies go, but love never dies. If I don't feel it now, there's no guarantee you can feel anything later. As far as the form of that love, the body it was in, I can't see those bodies with my physical eyes, but you dream about people like that, right? People who have gone physically. So, and that happened while you're here in this body. So there's no guarantee that you're going to die and go to heaven, you know, just because you're dead. You have to do it now. It has to be real now. If it's real now, it'll be real later. If it's not real now, later's no guarantee. You know, these, these places that people talk about, heaven, hell, all these different worlds that you go to when you die. This is all a result of karmas. They're states of mind. They're not, it's not like an, an island in the sky where you have to pay rent, you know. You're paying rent with your karma. 
if you've, if you've done certain kind of actions in your life, then you experience great bliss for a certain period of time till you paid off that karma. And then next, while you're experiencing that bliss, it feels eternal. That's the nature of that feeling. It doesn't last, but it feels eternal. Eternal damnation, for instance, feels eternal. But they say that when the karma is paid off, that's over next. It, heaven, the quality of the heaven world is that it feels eternal when you're in it. That's why it feels so great. It's always going to be like this. But it isn't. Only as long as you have the karmas that brought you there. So love, if you don't have love now, you're not going to find it later. If we don't see that God, if we don't see that beauty in ourselves right now, dropping the body is not so easy. It's serious business. And we're not ready for that. There are people who practice, who understand what that's all about. And they've written books about it. There's interesting stuff out there. But if it's not here, it's not there. If it's here, it's there. It's that simple. Hi. Hi. <laughs> okay, I've been... Uh... Okay. <laughs> okay, I went to a workshop with uh, Reverend Jagannath Carrera at Integral Yoga. With, with who? Jagannath Carrera, Reverend Carrera. Uh-huh. And he was talking about spiritual commercialism, mm -hmm. where we seem to feel that we need to buy this or buy that mm -hmm. to, in order to feel spiritual. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm having a little trouble with the fact that I think he's right. We mm -hmm. are becoming a society... How much did he charge? <laughs> <laughs> to tell you that. Well, I do work exchange there, so I didn't pay. Oh. <laughs> Smart, aren't you? <laughs> no, I know, but I feel like we're all being drawn into that. Uh-huh. And I don't know, it's just, I'm wondering what you think about that, something I like that. I think I'm going to start selling Krishnadas necklaces and, brand, and bracelets <laughs> and T-shirts and everything. I don't know, I don't know. I bought all, when I went to India, I, I, I bought lungis. And Indian clothes, because I wanted to feel holy. That's about as far as I went with that, because it didn't change me very much. Um, you know, it's just normal American Western stuff. Another uh, part of that. What's uh, that? Another part of that. Yeah. I was surprised that you were selling T-shirts. Uh, Who, me? Yeah. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, a girl's got to live, right? <laughs> okay, I get your point. No, okay, wait a second. Hold on. No, let's, first of all, um, I don't know. I, I, on my website, there is a disclaimer saying, it doesn't matter how much of this shit you buy, it's not going to make you holy. Okay, number one. Number two... I am 66 years old. I've been doing this for a long time. And uh, I don't know how much longer I can run around so fast and so long and so hard. So we're trying to find ways that I can get more downtime so I can stay healthy to keep doing this. So 
that's why we did the Kickstarter campaign for the CD and didn't take money from a record company because it, it, it's a, a negative situation monetarily to do that. We're just trying to find ways that I can keep doing this for a longer period of time, you know? So we offer different things in order to help me pay my bills so I don't have to stay out on the road all the time to do that. That's the bottom line as far as this is concerned. As far as the other stuff, you know, if you're silly enough to think buying something like that is going to make you holy, then buy a lot of it. <laughs> you know, buy stock in the company. <laughs> Do whatever you can, you know, if that's, you know, and then you'll realize, wait, it doesn't work. And then you, you'll learn a lesson, you know. I don't think it's, uh, I just think it's normal humanness, you know, I don't. And uh, got to find a way to live in the world in a good way, you know, and accomplish what you need to accomplish and take care of the people that you need to take care of. And in India, they support wandering monks and sadhus. They give them food. There's ashrams that feed people. There's beggars everywhere. People are, a lot of people are fed. In America, you got to work. You got to have money. There's just no other way to do it. So we're trying to find a way, as far as I'm concerned, to do this in the most simplest, easiest way. But as far as the commercialism, you know, like Amma sells all that stuff in the back of when she talks. But, you know, all that money goes to charity. So it's not really bad. And if people think buying a blessed bracelet is going to, you know, get them entrance into the heaven worlds, well, maybe it will. I don't know. But you have to kind of look at each situation individually and see where does it come from, why is it being done, who does it benefit, and what's it really all about. I think every situation is different. Um, I just bought a set of Tibetan prayer flags because these flags were made specifically to benefit this very really good Lama, good Rinpoche that I know, right? And so... Prayer flags have these mantras on them, and when you put them out and they get blown by the wind, they believe that it generates uh, virtue and good stuff, right? So this is why I'm a sick. So I bought a bunch of that stuff. You know, I'm just like everybody else. <laughs> so, but I hope it helps. Every time I see the flags, I, I go, okay, Lama, I hope you're cool. So that's a good thing. Okay? Okay. That's how we started, that's how we ended. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Hi. Um, I, I want to do a trip to India next, next year for yoga and meditation, but there's so many schools that if you go on Google or you do a search, all these schools and all these practices pop up. Yeah. Uh, do you have any recommendation in an area or an organization or just go with the wind? No, you know, just go visit the teachers. Go visit the places and try to meet them. I wouldn't take meditation lessons online, uh, you know. <laughs> Unless it was like pay-per-view, you know. <laughs> but uh, I hear there's two people laughing over there. <laughs> Shut up. Um, there's a lot of good places. I would recommend the uh, IMS in Barry, Massachusetts, the Instant Meditation Society. No, the Insight Meditation Society, run by Sharon Salzberg and Jack 
uh, and Joseph Goldstein. They're old friends of mine. It's a beautiful place to go and a great place to practice and to learn to practice. Uh, there's a lot of great places, but you have to you have to go, meet the group, meet the teacher, sit there a little while, see how it is. You know, it's fun. You go and check these places out. Don't join anything. <laughs> the real places don't need you to join. You know, they're not out to make devotees or disciples, and not they're not out. They're not doing business other than whatever costs to keep going. You know, they're not proselytizing. Anybody that proselytizes, speaking for myself, <laughs> run the other way as fast as you can. Because, you know, it means they want something. Even if they claim to want your own best good, you know. Okay, thank you. I'll find my own best good myself. <laughs> But uh, that's the way I feel about it. But there's lots of great places to learn and, and that teach good stuff. And the only way to do is jump in. You know? Thank you for listening to the Krishnadas Pilgrim Heart Hour. We really appreciate your support and hope you'll continue that support by going to mindpodnetwork.com kd and clicking on the donate button or using our amazon.com portal for all of your purchases. Thank you. Namaste. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Be Here Now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Be Here Now.